Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for, a podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show, and I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. And so I click a button and we record to the cloud. I'm excited, man. This, this is going to be a good conversation. I can't wait to introduce you to my guest. I've had the, the pleasure and also the, the brain smoking um, opportunity to chat with him previously on my marketing podcast. And so I'm just so stoked that we can talk podcasting today. Who is this guy? Well, he's been forged by the fires of 25 plus years in sales. He he is like one of those guys in Lord of the Rings with a giant sword that's just going to like <laughs> chop down all the orcs. Um, and he trains in the B2B sales world. He's worked with giant companies, the Salesforce's, the LinkedIn's, the Amazon's, the Google's. He's published in all the places that'll have them and all the places that won't. Well, he just busts down the door and makes them. Makes them take the article. Uh, author of I Want to Be in Sales When I Grow Up, host of Make It Happen Mondays, CEO of Sell Better by JB Sales, John Barrows. Welcome back, sir. Hey, Casey. What's going on, brother? I appreciate it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good intro. I was actually just watching Lord of the Rings the other day, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Is it a coincidence? I yeah, think I not. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, you're one of those guys. You, you got the giant sword and you're just slaying people with your sales slay sword. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to do it a, a little bit uh, less uh, less obvious, but uh, trying to trying to help out as much as I can. Let's put it that way. Totally. You just be chill. I'll be your hype man. You know, I'll have the boombox <laughs> on the shoulder, and we'll just we'll just go to the party. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk podcasting. I, mm-hmm. I'm excited to dive into this with you, and I want to start off with this question that we start off with every episode on this show, which is to pull back the curtain for us. On your show, John, share with us your most important strategy for a great interview podcast. Yeah, it's funny because I've kind of evolved with the whole podcast, but I think the the, the reason that it continues to do well, and I and I think the continue the guests continue to enjoy enjoy it, is just because of the genuine curiosity I have of the guests coming on the show. Um, I, I've I've wondered, and I talk about this a lot, of like, are you born with curiosity or can you develop it? And I think a lot of it is it is born like I, I think I was fortunate to be born curious and know that I'm not the smartest kid in the room, right? So for me, this is the way I learn. I don't learn by reading books. I don't learn by going to courses. I learn by talking to people who are smarter than me and being very curious about their background, their insights or whatever it is. And I think even though I think a lot of people are born with curiosity, I think you can get close to genuine curiosity through the preparation that you have. So I find myself, you can always walk in just like a sales call. Like you can rely on your art form in a sales call. If you've been there, done that enough times, you can roll into a sales meeting and, you know, kind of off the cuff, ask the questions and you might get by, right. You might be doing all right, but those meetings go so much better when you're prepared for them, right? When you do your yeah. homework on the account, when you know that you look at the person's LinkedIn profile, you look at their, you know, their company and their background and all that other stuff. So you can skip all the crap and get really down to the stuff that matters. And it's the same thing with podcasting. My best podcasts are the ones that I spend time prepping for, the ones that I actually go watch a few interviews and not ask the exact same questions to the guests that everybody else is asking. I'll give you an example. I had Chris Voss on my podcast early days, and he was the first one that I was like, okay, I got to step up here. Like, this is no longer just an average conversation for me with friends. Like, this is a a titan in the industry type of scenario. This is the guy who wrote Never Split the Difference, right? Exactly. FBI negotiator. So, this guy has had a few conversations. Totally the top of his game. And and as I watched his interviews to prep, everybody was asking the same questions and he was giving the same answers to everybody. And it was like kind of this route, like, okay, here we go. And I'm like, I don't want to be remember What was it like? Oh, what's it like being the FBI or no, it was was just all over the place. It was, you know, basically anything you could read in his book, you know what I mean? Like they were asking and his answers were anything that was in his book. So if you had read his book, you didn't really need to ask him the questions. So I started, you know, really angling it towards, you know, the sales and and tactical and, and really trying to make that bridge. And I was, I was genuinely curious. I was trying to learn from the guy. I looked at it as, 
you know, you pay Chris Voss however much money to go to one of his seminars. I'm like, I got this guy for free for an hour and I'm the only one in the seminar. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's kind of like when I do go to trainings or when I, when I used to go to onsite trainings a lot, I would be the one in the front of the room asking all the questions. I didn't care who was in the room with me. You know what I mean? I didn't care who else was there. And if you, they didn't want to ask questions, that wasn't my problem. That was theirs. Right. And so I was, I'm like, if I'm going to spend my time doing this, I'm going to get some value out of this. And so I say, I think the same thing. It also shows respect too, of somebody's time. Um, I, again, I translate that to sales as well. If you're showing up to somebody's time and trying to quote unquote, sell them something, and the first question you ask them is tell me about your business or, or <laughs> can you know help me understand how you got to where you are in your career today bullshit it's like really i mean time is the most valuable asset any of us have and so to ask someone's time to come on your podcast and then disrespect that time by not preparing for it i think is uh, i think is disrespectful so I, I don't know. I think it's it's curiosity, but preparation for curiosity. Now that said, you don't have to come in fully prepared. You know what I mean? In the sense that you don't yeah. want to script every question and know exactly where you want to. I'm more of, uh, I pick a topic and then I do my homework and then we just have a conversation and see where the conversation goes. You know, I have no agenda on my podcast other than trying to get the most interesting, valuable stuff out of it for my audience. And well, for me and therefore my audience. A couple things here. Uh, absolutely gold. Uh, I had a little aha moment because, you know, sometimes I, I heard this before where they say, you know, I, I don't ask the same question everyone else asked, but what if it's just a good question? But then you, you, you kind of got me thinking, well, what if this was a consultant you were hiring? Right. And this ties back into your curiosity. And I actually did this one time where I hired like the CFO wizard down in Alabama who wrote a book and everything to like coach me for a day. I'm like paying for a whole day of his time. Mm -hmm. And I read his book on the way down because I don't want to, <laughs> I spent a lot of money. Yeah. I don't want to spend money on things Reading I could the book. from the book. Like I want, I want next level shit, right? I want that next level. And so that how for me just now was, it's not just about like the, the question for the sake of the question. It's like, if your curiosity really wants to learn something, man, use that book, skip all the other questions. And then to your point, who cares about everyone else in the class? I like care less. I'm here to learn. That's powerful, man. Yeah. And that's, and that's, again, I think I, I, I look at myself as a proxy to the audience in a lot of ways, because yeah. I, I've been fortunate enough to, to be put in a position in my career to do some cool shit, you know, and, ha and, and get to a point where I can have yeah. some really cool conversations with really cool people. And, you know, a huge portion of my audience are you know, 20 somethings, you know, getting going in sales and that type of thing. And they, you know, they can't talk to, well, they could, they could try, but they're rarely going to get a chance to talk to Chris Voss for an hour, direct one-on-one, right. -on -one, right? They're going to rarely going to get a chance to talk to that CEO of that XYZ organization or that person that wrote the book one-on-one. -on -one. So I look at it as... I'm them. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm going to get this person in front of me because they have, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to have that ability. And now I'm going to be like them if I was them, you know, because I, I still am. I'm still that 25 year old kid trying to figure out what the hell is going on right now. And, and so I'm asking these questions and hopefully people listening to me could see themselves in my shoes, asking a lot of the same questions, or if not, being uh, impressed by, or not impressed, but being intrigued by the types of questions I ask. That's like, for instance, the reason I, I listen to other podcasts, the other interesting and I like a pick up on, but one of my things is I actually listen to podcasts to see how other podcasts, podcasters are asking questions. Mm. Like Tim Ferriss is an absolute master at unpacking, you know, getting people to, I mean, the preparation that he does now, granted his number one thing that he does is his podcast. So he has all day, every day to prep for his podcast. Got nothing so but prep. Little caveat for that. But I mean, people like Howard Stern, you know what I mean? Like yeah. watching Howard Stern get his guests so comfortable with like meaningless, funny conversations. And all of a sudden, like halfway through the interview, he comes with a hammer with this like, holy shit question mm -hmm. that is like totally disarming. But because he's built the rapport with them for, for the period of time that he has in the beginning, it's almost like they can't not open up and just give him stuff that he, they would never give anybody else because of how comfortable they are in the setting that he puts them in. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely have noted that about Stern. Like he, he asks good questions and he puts them at ease, but man, does he fe sound like he's in the know? 
like in in half of my mind was maybe he just knows Hollywood stuff. But to your point, he's probably really gearing up his brain to really know what's up with the star or guest he has on the show. So he can just skip. Now, here's a challenge, though, that I had, because we just talked about uh, skipping all those basic questions in the book, because let's get to the advanced stuff, because why not? But Mm -hmm. then at the same time, with a proxy to the audience, the oxy, if, if the audience, audience oxy, have they haven't read the book, then- are we going to leave them out because we skipped the book content to go right for the, the diamond? No, you, well, you, you can, if, if you're, if I guess if you're too selfish in what you're looking for. Um, but if you can bridge the gap to say, Hey, in your book, you said this, you know, could you elaborate on that in these, you know what I mean? So it's like, here's the main topic that I was really curious about in your book. And this is kind of the general sense of what it was about. Could, you know, can I ask you how that applies to this scenario? You know what I mean? So yeah. it kind of gives them a teaser of, let me give you like, I'm going to answer the what's in the book question by the prep, by how I preface the question. So it's like, and by the way, the goal, I mean, a lot of people, I used to avoid people with books. Hmm. Because I, I was like, I don't want people promoing shit on my web, you know, on my podcast. Like I, I have a rule on my podcast where if you promo your shit, I'll give you, I'll tell you beforehand that this is not a promo. And and if you do, if I catch you even slightly trying to kind of sneak in a little, you know, uh, promo undercover type of thing, I'll I'll give you a warning. And I'll say, hey, look, you know, appreciate that. But look, at the end of the at the end of the podcast, you'll be able to tell people where you can find out information. And if they do it a second time, I end the conversation. I'm like, okay, this podcast is over. It won't be posted. Thank you very much. I'll see you later. Um, because I don't want people to like, I don't want this to be a sales pitch. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have sponsors and all that other stuff. But the last thing I want is somebody coming and pitching their shit to my audience. It's it's about giving value to my audience, right? So I thought books, like all they're doing is pitching the book. But what I realized was, and also I have a little bit of a disdain for books because I'm I'm not a reader. You know, I think most books are fluff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I've always kind of rolled my eyes at it. But the more I've evolved in my podcast, the more I realized that the people with books actually have interesting perspectives and things to say compared to the kind of average everyday. CEO, VP, whatever it is, because they've gotten to the point where they're like, hey, I have a perspective. I have something different to talk about. That's why I'm going to write it down. And so now I've actually really enjoyed people with books. And I asked them if they could just kind of give me the cliff notes version of it so that I don't have to read because I'm not going to read the entire book. I I tell them that right up. Um, But it gives me a a sense to be like, okay, cool. So if I can get the... Usually the way I prepare is I'll take somebody's book. I'll look at the table of contents. I'll look at the topics. I'll, I'll find the topics or the headers that I think are interesting. I'll go to those chapters. I'll kind of skim through. I'll make a few notes. And then there it is, right? So so now it's not yeah. taking away from the book. I didn't read the whole thing. I'm not like the expert in this book and, and asking nuanced questions with no context. I'm saying to them, hey, I read in your book this. I get the the tagline here of what the point of that was and kind of the general essence. But now let's talk about how it applies here. Now, why did you write that? Like, where did that come from? Like, help me understand this, right? And then, you know, you get a lot of, I really enjoy it when, again, in sales, same thing is when you ask somebody a question and they stop and they say, man, that's a good question, right? Nobody's ever asked me that question before. Um, that's what I want. Now, as a caveat to that, if somebody ever says to you, that's a great question and then immediately answers your question, that wasn't a great question. That was just, (laughs) I'm trying to make you feel good. Right. But if you genuinely, you know, can get somebody to think different, that's where the real cool conversation happens in sales or in podcasting or in anything. I mean, I always say in sales, it's our job to get people to think like, if I can get you to think differently, like, let's talk about challenger sale here for a minute. You know, challenger sale is interesting. Um, you know, the whole concept is, hey, you make this decision once a year. I help make people make it every day. Let me show you where people make good decisions, bad decisions. And I mean, shit, man, it, you better be real good with that approach. And you better be the industry thought leader if you're going to try to pull that off without being an arrogant asshole. You know what I mean? Um, even me, like being in the industry for 26, 27 years and being a sales, you know, trainer and quote unquote thought leader, like I even have a hard time pulling challenger sales sometimes with a VP of sales who I think is looking at it the wrong way, right? Because because yeah. if you don't do it right, you come across as arrogant and then it and it shuts them down. So what I do instead is I do challenger sale, but different. I ask questions. Yeah. I, I just ask questions to get you to think different. 
it's almost like inception, right? You know, the movie inception where you totally. know, go a bunch of layers deep and you plant that seed and then all of a sudden it becomes theirs. Yeah. Look, we're I don't want it go, right now. This is like the third layer. We're actually right. Sleep. Exactly. And I don't want to go 20 layers deep and spend 500 years down there or anything like yeah. that, but I do <laughs> want to get you to think different. And if I can do that to me, that's adding value, right? To yeah. me, getting me to think differently because I, I got my, you know, look, I got my goals for next year and I got, we're, we know exactly what our revenue is going to be. And all of a sudden, then you ask me that question that I haven't thought of about the impact of a certain thing. And I pause for a second and go, shit, huh? That to me is adding value. Forget about pitching me or selling me on anything, getting me to realize that I might've missed something or I should think, be, think about something differently. That to me is massive value. So you translate that into podcast, you do the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get somebody to pause for a second, go, shit, man, I don't, huh? Then you're getting real answers. You're not getting their canned, like press play answers. Look, you asked me about how to put a cadence together. Casey, I will talk to you. I, I will go on play, press play. And I will say, oh, you know, you want to put together a contact strategy that completely, you know, puts emails and calls and put, you, know, you have like at least 10 touches and 30, you know what I mean? Like I'll yeah. give you my robot answer because I've given that answer a billion times before, but you get me to go, huh? All right. Uh, let me think about that one for a minute. You know what I yeah. mean? Now you're getting a real genuine answer out of me. So, and I mean, how exciting is that for the guests too? Because if they, especially if they've been in robot mode, yep. you know, it, it, it's kind of refreshing to totally actually get to answer a question and say something different this time. One of the, one of the best compliments I got recently was uh, I had Yudi, um, the CMO yeah. of Gong. And, and he was telling me he, you know, and I could read his bio, I could read his LinkedIn. And, but I was, I usually start with, Hey, growing up, like talk to me about you growing up. I'm curious where you're coming, like really where you're coming from family, friends. Right. And he tells me he's from Israel and he leads the, um, I think it's the Israel, like the, the gay Israeli, uh, movement and all these other things. And, and then, but he walked, I'm like talking about your childhood. Right. And he tells me, he's like, well, you know, um, you know, at first I, I, I was a kid, I really liked magic. So I became a magician and he's, and he, as he's like telling, I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Magician. I'm like, you were a magician. Stop the presses. Forget about every other question I'm asking right now. I got to yeah, talk throw to you the script you over magician, your shoulder. Right. Yeah. And, and we had this really interesting conversation about him being a kid and liking magic. And then it translated to him from a marketing standpoint. He looks at it the same way as magic. And, and, and I was like, this is a really interesting. And afterwards, I posted, I'm like, hey, UD, you know, I put my little clips up there and all that other stuff. Thanks for coming on. It was great. Really interesting conversation. He goes, John, I got to be, and he put it on LinkedIn. He's like, that was one of the more unique conversations I've had in a long time. Thanks for having me on. Like that to me is like, he's like, and, and, and I said, it was definitely unique in the magic thing. And he goes, you know, it wasn't boring and that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I hope, right? Is that, yeah. is that the, not just the, the, the people listening, but the guests are like, cool, that, I, I enjoyed that conversation, you know, and yeah. you always want to leave people feeling better about themselves than you, than they were before you, you, they talked to you, in my opinion, you know what I mean? Like I, I want yeah. almost every interaction, whether it's on a podcast or anything like that, I want you to leave feeling better about yourself um, or the world or whatever it is, even if it's just a little bit after a conversation. That's why to me, like energy management is such a critical thing for me that I'm focused on right now. And I, and I don't mean like one of certain times a day to do certain things. I mean, like things that give you energy and things that take energy away from you. And that, does that's podcasting just, give you energy. It does. It does. So I have this nice, I put this um, little chart together for, and I kind of coach on it a little bit too, where on the X axis is stuff that helps you achieve your goals and does not. And then, you know, at the bottom does not help you achieve your goals. And then the Y axis is gives you energy and takes energy away from you. What you do is you go through the exercise of putting everything in one of those buckets, everything, every task, every activity, every person, everything. Okay. And the stuff that gives you energy and helps you achieve your goals, go all in on, literally do everything on. And podcasting for that is me because I enjoy having conversations. I enjoy talking to interesting people and it helps me get the word out about sell better and JV sales and all that Hell other yeah. stuff. Um, now the stuff that helps you achieve your goals, but does not give you energy. Like these are for me, be like admin stuff, like finance and operational things, like stuff that I know I need to do. I just don't enjoy doing them. Those you have to either outsource Tim Ferriss for our work week, or you, you eat the frog, right? You, you just 
bucket it for like two hours on a Friday. Screw it. I'm just going to do the shit that I hate to get it out of the way. Right. So I can do everything yeah. else. Now, the stuff that gives you energy, but does not help you achieve your goals. Those are hobbies. That's for me, it's like travel and experience and those type of things. And yeah, you could argue that they help me achieve my goals, but really that those are just fun things. And those are important to hold on to. But the stuff that is that does not give you energy and does not help you achieve your goals, everything in that bucket, I, I recommend cutting off and throwing away. And, and, I, and I know this sounds harsh, but I mean that with friends, family, uh, activity, you name it, okay? So if you are sucking energy away from me right now in my life, you'll notice that I am, you and I aren't really talking all that much these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? If everything is drama, if every time I talk to you, I feel drained, you and I, I'm not, let's put it this way. I'm not proactively reaching out to you anymore, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say fuck you and I'm never going to talk to you again. Cause I got plenty of friends who I grew up with in college, you know, in high school and stuff like that, who just they're there, you know what I mean? And they kind of live one of those woe is me lives and all that other stuff. And look, I'll go grab drinks with them once in, once a month, you know, and, and catch up and whatever, but I'm not the one being like, Hey man, you want to go hang out? Because you're just not bringing value to my life. You're not bringing energy to my life. And I think that's what podcasting, that's what met, you know, sales, that's what business, that's all of this. If you're not enjoying the people and the conversations and the things you're doing, why are you doing them? Right. Right. That's a, that's a powerful lesson. If you just start being more intentional about where you're spending your time and, yeah. and, and keep a check of your energy, that that's, that's powerful, man. Uh, I want to shift a little bit and talk a yep. little bit of, we talked prep, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I, I, I get it now. It actually closed the chapter for me on, you're not reading the whole book. You're not like the complete expert in the book. I don't need to interview you now. You know, what else you got for me? It's like, no, I've read some of the book and now I, I have just enough that I'm showing you respect and I'm more informed, but the audience isn't left in the dark and I'm still curious. Like it's just perfect middle thing, which is And awesome. let me just make one quick point on that. Yeah, please. It, like I said, it's the exact same thing in sales. Yeah. For instance, I, if, if you're interviewing a CIO, okay, in healthcare, I don't know what a C, I didn't go to school to be a CIO. So I'm not going right. to pretend like, I'm like, look at me, I'm a genius in CIOs and try to go toe to toe with a CIO and challenge a CIO. Like, are you out of your mind? Right. But on the flip side, what I don't want to be is just a generic idiot walking in and being like, hey, so what do you do? Tell me about your business. What are your priorities? There's You don't have to be, it, you don't have to work that hard to learn a little bit to be contextualized with your questions. So for instance, instead of me walking in, like I've always known, I've always thought that like, as I've fundamentally known that like when, when your CEO stands up at the beginning of the year and says, these are the things that we got to do to be successful, right? If I can't tie my solution to one or two of those KPI, like good luck selling anything of significance. And so I always knew that I had to tie to those priorities. But the problem was for the majority of my career, the way I got there was by saying stuff like, tell me about your priorities, right? And when you come with a very generic statement or question like that, you usually get very generic or, you know, answers. So now what I do is I walk in and I'm like, I'll, I'll Google CIOs, healthcare, priorities, challenges, 2022, 2023. I'll, I'll read a few blogs. I'll look at some job descriptions of what CIOs and healthcare are being held accountable for these days. And yeah. I'll walk in with a question like, hey, Casey, you know, I'm talking to a lot of other CIOs like you right now. And they're telling us that walking into 2023, man, the top things that they're focused on are X, Y, and Z. Are those yours? Even if they're not, the fact that you show you know their world a little bit tends to open up the conversation. Right. Cause you usually get a yes and or a no but versus a uh. It's the same thing with language, by the way. So for instance, going to, like I went I went to Paris uh, a while back and yeah. a, a bunch of my American friends were like, oh, you know, Parisians, they hate, they hate Americans and oh, you're gonna hate it over there. And I'm like, why? And they're like, yeah. oh, they're just super rude and whatever. I was like, okay. So I took, you know, look, I took French when I was a kid. I don't speak French, but I know enough, right? And I I, you know, freshened up a little bit. And there's one phrase that I learned that is excusez-moi, parlez-vous anglais. And I know that sounds terrible for anybody out there who speaks French, but you know what I said? Excuse me, do you speak English? That's literally the only sentence I really knew, right? And so when I would go, when I went to Paris and I was like, you know, looking for directions or whatever it was, I'd walk up to somebody, I'd be like, excuse me, parlez-vous anglais? And they'd say, oh, yeah, man, what can I help you with? And I yeah. had a blast in Paris. They treated yeah. me fantastic. And so when I went back to the States and I talked to my friends who had these bad experiences, I said, can I ask you what your approach was when you went to Paris? I'm like, did, 
did you, were you did you do the typical dumbass American thing where you walked around going, excuse me, um, do you know where the Eiffel Tower is? <laughs> Eiffel Tower, like they were deaf. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or, or did you respect the, the, the culture right. in any way, shape or form? And most of my idiot American friends were Ooh, tower. And I'm yeah. like, what would you do if you were walking down the streets in America and somebody just came up to you speaking French? Like just blah, 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 blah. what? how would you treat them? You'd look at them sideways and be like, dude, fuck off. Get out of my face. Like, <laughs> who the fuck are you? Right. Uh, but if you show totally. some respect, people are way more open to engaging with you. Podcasting, sales, culture, business, you name it. Show some respect. You don't have to be the expert. You just have to know enough. The, t- the ties between sales and podcasting, man, how so strong. It, how how far do you take it? You obviously podcast. Should every sales rep be podcasting? That's a big strategy right now. So um, there, there's uh, Sweetfish Media, the uh, the group that I tied into a long time ago. I don't use them, but that's their strategy is to help customers mm-hmm. and sales reps use a podcast from a direct sales standpoint. It's indirect, but it's direct. So what the the concept is, and I actually recommend this, is start a podcast. Yeah, focused on the personas that you want to sell to. And instead of calling a CIO and saying, hey, I want to sell you my shit, call them up and say, hey, you mind coming on my podcast and having a conversation about what CIOs and healthcare are dealing with these days? I'm kind of curious and whatever it is and have a genuine real conversation with them because yeah. your your conversion ratios on that are like a thousand fold, right? A cold email, like I want to sell you some shit and get a meeting with me <laughs> versus, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? Like, my podcast. I, I mean, come on, like, you know, you're going to get a much higher. So now, and then if you take that as don't try to sell them, don't have a hidden agenda here, look, focus on learning first. And then inevitably, if you're good and you've prepared well and you have a you add value to that conversation, you feel like they add value to the conversation, inevitably at the end of the day, at the end of that call, they're gonna say, So by the way, what do you do again? Like, oh, cool. Yeah, you know, my, maybe you should go talk to my whatever. Or if you're the leader, if you're like a sales leader or something like that, a VP and you're doing this, well, now your reps can listen to that. And then call into the company and say, hey, you know, your CEO is just on our podcast and they talked about this and we have a solution that can help with that. So I I think it's a way, it's just like social selling, by the way. I, I think the easiest way to build your personal brand, or I want to say the easiest, the most authentic way to build your personal brand, which I think is critical, is don't look at it as, oh, what should I post today so that I can get as many followers and whatever it is. Think about it. Do this. Go say you sell. Let's let's stay on the CIOs and healthcare track. Say you sell to CIOs and healthcare. Well, literally Google CIOs healthcare thought leaders 2023. There's going to be three or four or five CIO thought leaders in healthcare who are blogging about it, who are who are talking, writing papers, whatever it is, or companies who are writing about what the challenges of CIOs and healthcare are going through. Right. Um, follow them. Okay. Follow their content consume their content, almost treat it like a daily routine, like your daily morning mm. paper, right? Because there's all these, you know, you can use Feedly, you can use all these different tools. So read that content in the morning while you drink yeah. your coffee. So, right. And the main priority is to learn, main priority, okay? Right. Then, then, and only when you learn something, then you share it with your context. So what you do is, hey, really interesting article here by Casey, you know, my key takeaways are X, Y, Z. What are yours? You know, that type of thing, right? So now what happens there is, first of all, you've, you've, you've accomplished the main goal, which you've learned something. Now, anything else after that is, is just a cherry on top, right? So if I share this out there and my audience reads it and gets value out of it, think about it for a second. If, if you wrote a blog, Casey, right? And I read it, and I then share it with my context and my audience reads your blog because I shared it and they get value out of it. Who do they thank? Yeah. They thank yeah. me. They don't yeah. thank you. They don't say thanks, Casey, for writing the article. Writing the they article. say thanks, John, for sharing the article. Right. I, I get all the credit. You did all the work. So, <laughs> so this is a way you can learn and become curious. And then if you, even if you just do that by reading those articles from those CIOs, when you have these conversations in a sales setting with CIOs, you can bring that shit up. Yeah. I, I honestly think the number one thing that you can do to improve your sales skills in general 
um, far better than any technique or training you could ever take, even from me, is improve your business acumen, period. Learn how to speak the language of business. Read some of the business books. Again, let's go back to reading. I don't like to read, but you know what? I've read almost every book there is out there. You know why? Because I don't read the book. I, I sign up for like Blinklist or, or Get Abstract, where it's the five-page summary of every single book there yeah. is on the planet. And I read the fucking highlights. Right. And it's like, okay. So again, it gives me enough knowledge to be in the conversation. It's the same reason I play golf. I don't play golf because I like golf. I don't play golf because I want to go on the fucking tour. I play right. golf because I don't want to embarrass myself on the golf course if and when a CEO says, hey, you want to hit the links. Right. That's it. I need to know enough. I need to play golf well enough to be able to be invited and not embarrassed. Right. <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. And get that. make them feel good because they're probably better at golf than me. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's golf. It's, it's knowledge. It's, you know what I mean? It's, you need to know enough. That's what sales is really, because that's why, you know, that's why we have solutions engineers. That's why we have the smart kids. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying sales aren't smart. They just smart in a different, they should be smarter in a different way, in an EQ way, not an IQ way. And being able to manage the pieces and bring the right people and put them in place, but not just show up with some dumbass pitch or some lame ass bant questions or some, you know what I mean? Some like, tell yeah. me what you do. Or like even these type of conversations, when people ask me, I'll give you an example. Kids ask me all the time, John, can I pick your brain about sales? I'm just getting into sales and all that. I'm like, and look, I will have a conversation with anybody at any time if I have time yep. to do it. But those conversations last either five minutes or they last 30 minutes. The five minute ones go like this. Hey, John, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, could you tell me how you got to where you are in your career today? And what I say is, um, look, have you ever heard of a little product called LinkedIn? Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's it's a it's a little software thing. Pretty so, handy. Um, pretty handy. Pretty handy. Um, I put my entire work history on that. Um, so we can skip this bullshit part of the conversation and get to what matters. So here's my tip for you. When you ask for somebody's time, respect it and do your fucking homework. And I hang up the phone. I literally hang up the phone five minutes in, even if it's the nicest kid you've ever come across, because guess what? I think we all need to get punched in the face every once in a while to wake up. And cause I have been, I don't know about you. I've been in plenty of situations in sales meetings where some CEO is cause I haven't prepared or whatever it is, has called me the fuck out and I've <laughs> embarrassed myself. And guess what? I've never uh, done that again. Never you know again, what I mean? Right? Like, okay. So I use that as a teaching, even though probably half of them think I'm a total raging asshole. It, the other half wake up and realize when you ask for somebody's time like that, you got to respect it. Yeah. You know, and, I, I feel pretty fortunate because we're a few minutes in and you haven't hung up on me yet. So I feel, <laughs> I feel good. You know, I feel like let's, let's go. All right. Uh, talk to, uh, and I'm trying to make sure I don't just let you slip into sales speak because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, podcasting, but damn, it's so similar. Talk yeah. to me about shutting up. Talk to me about mm -hmm. talking too much. The, the, the balance between talking and listening that's tough. That's tough for me because I am uh, kind of an A-type personality. I, I'm a high D on the disc profile, right? Mm -hmm. So I always have an opinion about something. And I think that's, it's easier for me when I'm being interviewed to just run, like to go because you're asking my opinion, right? So I'm just going to give it to you. And if I think I have a point, I'm probably going to jump in and I'm going to interrupt you and be like, hey, I got another point because right. you're asking me shit, right? Right. Um, but when it comes to me interviewing, you do have to you do have to have a balance. I, I will say the one thing I'm very conscious of is, and this is macro stuff too, um, is specifically talking over women. Specifically talking over women. Uh, I listened to a few of my early podcasts and because I was so interested in the conversation and so fired up with the, with the woman that I was interviewing, I would, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And this, and this, and this. And I, and, and there was been a, the only negative comments I think I've ever gotten on my podcast were related to that. Were related to that. Mm. He, he doesn't even let her get talk, you know, that type of thing. And I remember that, that piece of feedback. I was like, shit, I have to be extremely conscious with everybody, but really when, and, and look, I got this tattooed on my arm. It says, when you are accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. 
Mm. The idea there is that privilege isn't about growing up with a silver spoon in your mouth, right? Privilege is the fact that, you know, when I wake up in the morning, um, I don't have to worry about what I'm dressed like so I don't get sexually harassed today. Privilege is sure. when I'm driving down the street and I get pulled over by the police, I don't worry about getting shot. That's what privilege is, right? And so my privilege, if you will, of being in the position of being able to interview and talk to people, I have to be conscious of the the perception of how it comes across on the other end, even all well-intentioned as I can be. So I think you need to balance it. You need to be conscious of it specifically with certain groups for you and I, uh, like we have to, um, because if you don't, you'll just fall into the bucket like everybody else. But I think the other piece of this is you'll know, you'll know which podcasts of mine are good and which ones aren't. And, and it, you don't even have to listen to them, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> I usually go for about a 45 minute podcast. Okay. Um, with a talk track of, you know, 30, 70, 60, 40, something, you know, I mean, 40, 60, something like that. Um, if you notice the talk time is more than 50%, it's a bad podcast. If you notice the podcast on my end is 30 to 35 minutes or less, it's a bad podcast because both of those I'm cutting the conversation short because they're not interesting, or I'm trying to interject now value because I'm not getting value out of the, uh, out of the interviewer. And I don't yeah. want to be rude and basically say this is a boring fucking conversation. So what I do is I start interjecting value, right? I'm like, well, here's an example. Here's a tip. Here's a story, you know, those type of things. So you can usually tell for me, at least from my podcast, which ones are good and which ones are bad without even, without even listening to them. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of it too, is that as a podcaster, you have to realize because it, you're not just respecting or disrespecting the guest, you're respecting or disrespecting the audience. So if you notice 10 minutes, 15 minutes into this, that this person just doesn't have it, you know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. not a lot there. You got to kind of carry the weight a little bit, I think, right? For, for Out of respect for your audience than anybody else. Um, because the, the tough part is, is when you get into a conversation and you know it's average. And so you don't want to, you don't want to insult the person that it was, you know, and not post the podcast. Yeah. But there's a big danger there. I mean, podcasts are one of those things where people buy into them, but they, they listen to two, three bad episodes in a row, man. And they're gone. They're gone. Oh, they're not oh, coming yeah. back. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, cause I've been, there's plenty of podcasts that I've listened to. I'd be like, Oh, this is fucking great. Right. And I would like two, three. And then I'm like, what is this? You mm. know what I mean? And then I'm done. And then it's like, and then I have to be reintroduced to it by so, oh, have you heard the podcast from so-and-so, right? It's like, oh yeah, I should probably check that one out type of thing. So I think you have to be conscious of both angles. Um, but again, I'm going to go to sales. It's funny because Gong data, right? They talk about, everybody thinks that on a discovery call that we've all heard the lazy statistic, make sure the client talks to you, talks more than you, right? Because- yeah you know, sales, like you got to be asking questions and they should be talking. Actually, that is not true, especially on a discovery call. Think about an outbound cold call. If I'm cold calling you, Casey, right? And I convince you to meet with me. This isn't an inbound. That's a different story. But when I'm creating this need, if you will, or creating this thing and you agree to a meeting with me, you've never heard of me before. You don't know what I do. You have no, so for me to do solution selling and just litter, like just, just rip mm -hmm. questions and hey, what about this? And tell me more about this case and tell me more about this. You're like, who the fuck are you? Tell me what you have. Like, you know what I mean? Have you ever been sitting with an executive and you've asked like four or five, six questions and eventually there, could you just show me what you got, please? Could you just show me the demo? Yeah. Right? Or, or I, I usually come in after those people have already done that. And I yeah. can't ask any questions because they've already just obliterated the quota of discovery. And I can't, it was terrible discovery. Now I can't rediscover anything because they have no more patience for answering any more questions. Exactly. Because basically <laughs> what they're saying is, when am I going to get my value? Like you've yeah. gotten enough value out of this conversation, kid. When am I going to get mine? And so I think the same holds true for guests, right? You want right. to be, you know, you, you, you don't want to just be asking a litany of questions, like running down a list. You want to be asking questions that, that are thoughtful and adding value. I mean, your audience is listening, not just to your, the audience is listening to you. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're listening to you for value. Right. And if, if you're not getting it from the guest, then you have to give it, but you also have to balance that with some insights from your perspective. So. And it's, it's tricky, right? Because I think if, if you drop that, like, just like in the sales call, if you drop that percentage too much where you're only asking questions, then it very much is 
an interview more than maybe a conversation. And I, I tend to prefer a conversation. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, and all, so all day long, yeah. if, you, if you're interviewing uh, that, look, that's for a, I even, I mean, shit, I don't even like interviewing when it comes to hiring people. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, ah, you know, like, can we get rid of the interview question? I want my team, like as a CEO here, I want all the interview questions to be gone by the time that person gets to me. And I just want to, I do the same thing with interviews with people for who work for me as I do with my podcast. Sure. I go out to lunch with them. Like if they're local here in Boston, like they go through the whole litany and they meet everybody else. By the time they get to me, they're, they're pretty much hired. Right. So, yeah. but what I do is screw all that stuff. Tell me about how you grew up. Tell me about your yeah. family. Tell me, tell me about your mom. Tell me about your dad. You know what I mean? How'd you grow up? And I, and I start to get to know them as a person. Right. And it's something I learned from uh, Jack and Susie Welsh. It was it was really interesting when I when I worked for them. Uh, when Jack was putting his online MBA program uh, together, they were looking for a VP of Sales, and I went down for a couple of months and kind of consulted with them on this. And um, and it was interesting. Jack, I interviewed with him, and he was you know business and you know talking to me about like different examples and everything else. And then when I got to Susie, who was by the way one of the smartest people I've ever ever encountered in my life. Like I was actually intimidated by her intelligence. I could tell within nice. five minutes she was one of the smartest people I've ever come across. And so I'm sitting there like shit in my pants. Like oh man, she's gonna, <laughs> she's gonna just crush me with questions that I don't know the answers to because she's smarter than me. <clears throat> and and she said, no, I don't want to know any of that. She's like, tell me about you growing up. And 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 it was just like, huh. So I just started. I was like, well, I grew up here and, da, da, da. and we just had a cool conversation about like values and family and those type of things. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that's the person that she wanted to hire. You know what I mean? She didn't want to hire the CEO of his own company who started this and did this and had these accolades and all this other stuff. She wanted to hire the person. It's the same thing with me. Right? It's interesting. That, right, right. The smartest person in the room is asking that question. And that, yeah. that speaks a lot to me because she could have asked you oh. to do some trigonometry or oh. what's your GPA or, you know, like all, yeah. all these things. So where, where, where's your advanced degree from? But no, right. she wanted to know, tell me who you are in the core. Mm -hmm. All the other stuff is window dressing maybe. Yeah. Because you know what that does? That gives you insights into someone's like, if you can, and I've been really strong on the value tip here these days, like core values are, are, are everything to me. Hell Yeah. And so if I can figure out what those are, or if you have them, by the way, then as I interview you, I can tell if you're full of shit or not. You know what I mean? Because if you're yeah. saying stuff that is true to like, if I can tell that you're, you know, how you grew up and what your core values were and where you're coming from and those type of things, and then we can start to tie it into some of your answers about what you're doing and where you're going and whatever that is. If you're if I, if I could tell in that first part that you don't have much meat on that bone, then I almost know that there's not going to be much meat on the bone when you're coming to like answers of questions that come to do what we're doing here. But totally. if I can tell you're coming from an authentic, real value-oriented place, man, then the conversations are just so much more interesting to me because now I'm like, okay, this person's like foundationally, they're, they're right. And now all the other stuff, I could care less about. I mean, I, I'm interested in the other stuff, but I got to know that that core is there. Um, because for me, if going back to energy, if you, you know, if you're not a good person, if you're not, if you don't have core, good core values and those type of things, like I, I literally want nothing to do with you. Do you do a prep call? Cause I'd be curious to know if you, if you find no. this out about someone, I mean, what if you're about to interview someone who, who kind of sucks at the end yep. of the day and they're a walking billboard and they're not even really having a conversation. They're just kind of, you know, like where yep. can you discover this early? How in your process? Yeah, no, those are ones where, uh, so I do a prep doc. I don't do prep a prep doc. meeting. I, cause I, cause for me, I got, I'm too, first of all, podcasting is not my number one job. Right. Right. Nor is it, I, I actually get annoyed when people ask me to do a prep. Cause I'm like, look, I just <laughs> I, like, I, I have, I don't have enough time to do right. a half hour prep for a one hour fucking podcast and all this right. other stuff based on what we're going to start. Because it also, to me, it, it also, um, I don't want to say scripts the conversation, but it doesn't lead to a more a, a genuine conversation, in my opinion, because mm. now I'm like, I've already kind of figured you out. Now I'm just asking questions based on what we had already talked about. And you're usually going to try to angle it in a certain way or whatever. Sure. So I'll send you a prep doc that actually outlines all the stuff that you should expect. And I tell them. This is the type of the podcast is here's the demographics of my podcast. Uh, you cannot pitch on my podcast, like all these different things. Right. And, and, and I even say in the document, if you do pitch your shit in my podcast, 
I will give you one warning. And after that, I will end the conversation and we won't post this. Oh, and by the way, I also do not edit my podcasts. So if we talk about something and later on you're uncomfortable with it, I'm not going to take it out of the conversation. Wow. Yep. So period. Shots and fired. I, by the way, I had one woman recently. She came on. She wanted to talk about diversity, right? And and being a woman in sales. And I am an, I, I try to be a champion for women in sales. 100%. And, yeah. And, uh, and she, and so we were talking about it and I was like, okay, cool. So guess what came up? Black, we, uh, we, um, the, the me too movement and, you know, some things about not getting the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, this Matt Damon story that I, that, that was told and that was kind of uncomfortable and black lives matter came up during that conversation. And it was all within context of trying to figure out how we can all kind of help each other as opposed to be yelling at each other. Right. Right. And it was a, I thought it was a cool, genuine conversation. And by the way, one of the reasons I was doing it was because it wasn't really that interest where she was going with it. Wasn't really that interesting to me. So I dug a little bit deeper and I wanted to yeah. get her real perspective because she yeah. was giving me route answers to her questions that were boring ass answers that I've gotten that I've heard a million times on a million blogs. You know, now, how I mean? did you, how did, so how did you break out of that that route, that the route answer. The I started answer. asking extremely awkward and and uncomfortable questions with just like deep genu- follow up, like yeah. really curiosity. Exactly. Like I'll give questions. you one that I just did the other day. This woman yeah. came on and and she was biracial. And again, talking about diversity and sales and business and and the challenges that you know non privileged people have and all this other stuff. And and I was like, can I can I ask you a very um, probably awkward and inappropriate question? <laughs> and she was like, I, sure. I was like, why do you identify as black? Because if you look at her, she looks white. You know what I mean? Like you actually, and, and that's been her challenge her whole life is she's comes from a biracial, you know, mother's white, father's black, but you know, she could be, you know, if you just looked at her on the street, you just kind of assume she was white. So my uh, question to her was like, if, if you look white and everybody assumes white, why is it important for you to identify as black? Wow. Powerful question, man. That's a, that's a, I'm curious about that. You know what I mean? Like, like, is it a pride thing? Is it a, and cause I don't know, you know what I mean? It's not a malicious question that you're, no, I'm I'm genuinely curious because, because for me, like (laughs) I don't identify as shit. You know right. what I mean? Like people like drives me crazy here in America where people always identify as, oh, I'm Irish. I'm Italian. I'm your fucking fifth generation. Like you're, 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 you're <laughs> you're tenth grandparent Italian. came over on the boat here. You're not <laughs> fucking you're American for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so totally. like we're the only com- country that does that, by the way. Right. Like we're the only ones that represent ourselves based on something that happened 15 fucking generations ago right. to us. Right. Like my I think. I don't even remember when my parents' family came over the, off the boat. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm an American. I'm a mutt. I got all sorts of fucking mess behind me. So for somebody to identify as something, I'm curious. Why did you make that choice to identify as that? Because she could easily, if she wanted to, identify as being white. Right. So my point is, is that she was, I, I, I could tell she was open to the conversation. I could tell she was genuine. And I, 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 as I got into the conversation, I felt like I could say this to this woman. So to the, yeah. to the one right now, Definitely the other context. woman, the other woman, the conversation was boring. She wasn't going deep. So I started asking, well, what about like benefit of the doubt and Matt Damon, like all these different stories. And she was like, well, and she did answer. She gave her perspective, but then afterwards she hit me up her her producer or her agent hit me up and says, Hey, um, we were listening to the podcast and we were hoping that you could cut out, you know, minute 1342 to minute 1786, because she just doesn't feel comfortable that that's out there. Cause she doesn't feel like she was an expert in black lives matter. I'm like, I wasn't asking you to be an expert in Black Lives Matter. I, we, that was part of the conversation within context. Right. And at first, like, there was one part that I was like, okay, like there was something that that came up again. This Matt Damon story. He he used the f word, um, a slur for um, a homophobic slur, right? Oh, okay, okay, not, yeah, not fuck, but uh, and I said, and and I he tell he told he tells a story where he used that word at dinner with his daughter, and his daughter was like, "Daddy, you can't say that word." And he was like, "What are you talking about?" Because growing up in Boston, we use that word like it all was, the time. You know, all the time. And it had no negative. I mean, it was negative, but it wasn't like, oh, against gay people. It was, it was just, we said it, it was a dumb thing to say. And when I was, 
you know, 17 years old, I realized it was a dumb thing to say. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely for Matt to be 45 years old. Yeah, preteen. For Matt to not know it at 45 is kind of like, come on, Matt. But what he was doing was he was explaining that he, he did it in an interview. He brought it up and he was like, hey, yeah, my daughter. And I was like, shit, it's wrong, right? And so he was basically trying to say, I'm learning, I'm growing. And the guy got eviscerated online. Like people just fucking shredded him. Like how, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there going like, wait a minute, here's a guy who's genuinely saying, I had the wrong perception of a certain thing. I didn't know it was hurting people. Right. I learned this from my daughter. I'm now growing and everybody's ripping apart for it. So I, I tell that story, and but I use the F word in, in the conversation. Right. And she was uncomfortable. So I was like, that one, I was like, okay, you know, I could see where that's going to maybe ruffle a few feathers. Okay. But then she says, well, could you also cut out this part? And could you also cut out that part? Because I was uncomfortable oh, there. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, no, fuck off. Like literally midway through and like after like the second or third request, I was like, I'm sorry, this podcast isn't pre and produced. I don't edit my podcast because one of the key marks of my podcast is authenticity, like it or not. I say things sometimes that are that are inappropriate that are probably going to offend some people. But again, coming, I'm not malicious with it. I'm not right. like, oh, f right. you, you're a, you know, that type of thing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. genuinely trying to figure out what most people won't have a conversation about, what most people won't say out loud. And so, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to publish a podcast that is 25% edited because you didn't like some of the topics that came up. If that yeah. was the case, then tell me, John, I'm actually not comfortable talking about this right now. So if we could kind of choose another topic, I'd appreciate it. No problem. I will move yeah. on from that topic. Yeah. But don't don't get into the conversation and then later on edit the hell out of it so that it makes you look better than, you know, than you think you did look. Like that's that's a staple for me. I do not edit my podcast. And you tell people that up front. So yep. if they don't want to dance, they don't have to dance, you know. Nope. Uh I love that. And in whether it's a conversation or by the way thank you for doing our prep call <laughs> like that's right i forget we did one yeah that, well that, that was just total... more for me you and a catch up like i yeah i, I agree say that's why i like to do it um mm -hmm. but but whether it's a, a convo or a doc you're letting people know what's going to happen you're letting yep. people know i'm going to ask you this here are the rules here yep. here's here's my boundaries if you're cool with this, let's do it. Let's have a good conversation. Yep. I think it's so important to somehow get that message across early on that here's the rules I want to play by. I'll, I'll finish with like, I'll add this last point. I, I genuinely think life is about expectation setting. Like mm. think about the last time you were pissed off about anything, literally anything. I almost yep. guarantee it's your expectations were misset, right? Yep. Like, you know, you, you drive into the office in the morning at seven o'clock, you hit traffic whatever. Nobody likes traffic, but you expected traffic. You come home off a of red eye at two o'clock in the morning and you're coming out of the city to just try to get home and you hit traffic at 2 a.m. You're fucking pissed, right? Because the summer tunnels closed. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, just yeah. you know, or construction or something like you're just like, fuck, I just want to go to bed. Right. So right. I, I genuinely think like if you came on my podcast and you had no expectations and I'm sitting there going, fuck this and what's that and black, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, man. I didn't know. what. I, that's my bad for putting you in an uncomfortable position and not setting the stage of this sure. is what this is. OK. Yeah. Um, but if I set that expectation with you and then afterwards you you don't like what what transpired or what happens well then that's fine i just am not going to produce your podcast i'm not going to produce right. that episode right so man strong i mean i feel like we need that i mean strong words right but we need that influence because sometimes we can cowtail a little bit too much to a guest yeah. and we want to be hospitable but it is a mutual and just like it's not an interview it's a conversation it is a mutual we all have our own boundaries we all have our expectations and let's meet yeah. each other's expectations where they're at um, love to ask you this final question. Yeah. We talked 50 episodes from now. Is your show the same? Is it different? What's it look like? I hope it's different. Um, I hope cause I'll be different. You know, I, yeah. I, for me, my podcast is a journey of me. Uh, you know, my team actually was really concerned, uh, at the direction I'm going with it because I've never had really had a plan for my podcast. My podcast was actually a byproduct of me being annoyed <laughs> because at a certain, I was doing, I was doing a lot of like different stuff, but probably, yeah. I think this was when we started probably seven or eight years ago. Right. So I was like Facebook live, I was doing Instagram, I was doing this, I was doing that. And I'm, and then my team came to me and like, we got to do a podcast. I'm like, Jesus, I'm like, I have to do my fucking job. You know, I'm like, yeah. and so we were doing these Facebook live sessions where I was just, you know, Q and a with the audience and every once in a while, bring somebody on and i was like you know what just take that audio rip it and throw it on a you know throw it on podcast spotify i don't care 
and all of a sudden it exploded, right? Like, because I, it was right. It was right. When, there was a ton of business podcasts out when I started mine, but not a lot of sales podcasts. Mm. And so mine was very specific sales. And at the time I was very technique driven. So most of how I've built my entire career is cutting through all the bullshit. And like that book of 300 pages, I boil it down for you and give you the five that you care about that right. full day training that you have to go through to get to figure out what to put in the fucking subject line. I'll tell you what to put in the subject line, right? You don't figure have to out how to draw the submarine where the hell does the periscope exactly. go i don't know what's right. going exactly. on here like I'll, I'll cut through all the bullshit sandler there's three <laughs> things upfront contract pain funnel and reverse questioning there you go right Boom. so my point <laughs> is like that to me was what i grew up on and what my audience knew me for now quite frankly i'm bored with those conversations like yeah. i don't want to have a conversation what would have put in subject line i'll do it on a webinar I'll do it on a quick tip on a video. I'll do it on my YouTube channel, but I am not interested in those conversations anymore. So my team was like, yeah, but your audience knows you for that. I'm like, yeah, but my audience knows me and knows I'm on a journey. And yeah. so I'll give you one last thing of why you should podcast. Okay. And this is, this is real shit. Um, I, my dad passed two years ago, uh, about a year and a half ago. And I talked about it openly on my podcast, the challenges of what I was going through and where my head was at and how I was fucked up and searching for things and all this other stuff. Right. So I, I kind of use my, my podcast as an open therapy session in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and was so, that a solo you just talking or was there someone there? No, you're... like with people, with other people who have gone yeah. through trap, you know, like whatever it is, just like, you know, using it as an example and whatever. Yeah. I go to an event in Boston and, um, it was inbound and some kid comes up to me and he, and he, and he goes, John, can I, can I hug you? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm a hugger. What's up, man. Right. So I give the kid a hug and I was like, he's like, can I just tell you that, um, uh, that you saved my life. And I was like, what? I was like, come on, man. I'm like, I don't even know you. How do I save your life? And, it, and it, come on, you gotta be joking here. He goes, no, no, seriously. He goes, John, um, about a year ago, he goes, my mom died. Um, my, my brother died on the same day unexpectedly. My wife left me and my, my, my company, my boss fired me for taking too much bereavement time. And all that happened in one month. I was sitting in my car contemplating suicide and somehow, I mean, I had been a big fan of your podcast for a long time. And, and I was listening to one of your episodes of you talking about your dad and how you were dealing with it and how you were handling it and the mental challenges that you were going through and everything else. And I realized that I didn't have to be where I was and I could, I, I could, I could get out of this. And so now I have a job. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm back on track. I'm happy. I'm, I'm dating this, you know, and I was just like, I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, just based on you having a conversation. He's like, I felt like you knew what I was going through just based on how you were going through it. And I, Casey, if I, if I never make an impact on another person's life, I'll consider my life a success based on that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, are you shitting me right now? Like you never know who's listening. You never know. So that's why you don't do it for the followers. You don't do it for the numbers as far as how many and down or all you do it for that one fucking person that might listen to you and go, huh, maybe it can be a better day. Maybe yeah. I can get myself out of the situation that I'm in right now. So that's why- It had I nothing to do with sales. It was nothing. a sales podcast, but it, it was the humans talking yep. on it that exactly. made a difference, man. That's powerful. Yep. Where can people reach out and get connected to you? Where can they- Yeah, can so we've got a lot of places these days. Uh, Obviously LinkedIn, but uh, but I will say this sounds like a humble brag, but it sucks. I, I've reached the thirty thousand limit on on LinkedIn, so I can't accept any more uh, requests. <laughs> humble brag, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's wicked annoying because I do Am respond to everybody, but Did I, I missed the boat. I, I think I think we're connected. <laughs> yeah, no, we I think we are. Um, okay. And then, um, but but the easier way is Instagram. John M as in Michael Barrows. That's where I do all my free consulting. Basically, if anybody has any questions, I'll help them out there. But then I highly recommend people. Obviously, I want them to come and check out my podcast. It's the Make It Happen Monday podcast. Um, and then uh, our Sell Better. We rebranded recently to Sell Better. Uh, dot xyz so if you go to sellbetter.xyz you can sign up to the newsletter we're doing a daily show where we do daily live events on topics and then also um our youtube channel has tons of free content tips technique you know whatever you need uh so those are the ways that people can connect hell yeah hell yeah every podcast with you is fantastic dude you're you're not only a great host you're a great guest too 
<laughs> Thanks, brother. You're a double it. threat. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's about enjoying the conversation, man. We're good people. So I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, totally. Appreciate you too. Thank you so much for coming on here. I really appreciate everything you've done. And I know we're coming up on time. So those listening, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did, because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front <laughs> and back, then share this with someone else. Be a thought leader. Maybe somebody needs to hear that story. Maybe someone needs to click through. You never know. We just literally heard you never know. So share this with someone else. Be a thought leader. And with that, John, thanks again, man. Appreciate thanks, you. Thanks, brother. Good seeing you. All right. Take care. Cheers. And that has been another exciting episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We'll see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Work at it, if necessary, early and late, in season and out of season, not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour. That which can be done just as well now. P.T. Barnum. <laughs>